Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. No electricity, nothing whatsoever. We need to be prepared for the future. I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Save what for dream. You must ready. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Malau Alele, and welcome to Pacific Prepared. I'm Fred Hooper. And I'm Anasil Falikahono. Coming to you from Tonga for the next little while. As always, we're bringing you stories from right across the Pacific that could help you, your family, and community prepare for natural disasters, but with a little extra focus on Tonga. The weather and how it affects you is already part of your life, so let's keep talking about being prepared. On today's show, covering natural disasters in Tonga, we'll speak with a journalist from Tonga Broadcasting Commission and hear about some of the challenges of this kind of coverage. Also, after the January eruption, villages from across Tonga were forced into relocation due to the massive amount of damage caused by the tsunami. We'll hear from some of the residents and find out how they're coping. We'll also speak with the head of Tonga Broadcasting Commission to find out how she thinks about emergency broadcasting, particularly after the January volcano. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared. People's lives have been affected by a disaster. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. See, all the signs are coming. So we have to prepare. Be prepared. Pacific Prepared. I think it's fair to say that disasters are part of life in the Pacific. Preparing for them, talking about them, living through them and recovering from them. But part of that process is also reporting on them. Anasiu Falakauno is a reporter with Tonga Broadcasting Commission and a regular Pacific Prepared contributor. Welcome to the program, Anasiu. Hello, Fred. How long have you been working as a journalist in Tonga? Now, I started working as a journalist in Tonga Broadcasting Commission since 2013, so it's nine years now. Okay. And what kind of disasters have you covered in that time as well? There are, since 2013, I've been covering uh, natural disasters such as uh, tropical cyclones um, since then. But I remember the latest one was the uh, volcanic eruption. But before that, uh, I think, was it in a tw- 2019, the eruption of Fungatonga Hungahapai, I've been covering that, and the tropical cyclone Gita, Herald, and there were quite uh, tropical cyclone stories that I covered mm. since then. A lot. Do, do, do you sort of get, do you feel exposed living in a, in a place like Tonga when you reel off a list of disasters that you've covered like that? Do you feel exposed living in a place like Tonga? Um, I feel as a journalist covering stories about natural disasters, as I mentioned before, tropical cyclones, it made me realise the, the impacts of uh, climate change. We are the victims of climate change. So I am concerned about the future generations, what will happen to the people of Tonga, especially now that we are 
we are witnessing every day, we are seeing every day the impacts of climate change, soil, uh, the sea level rise, soil erosion, severe tropical cyclones. So yes, I am concerned about the future of Tonga because of climate change. And do you think that people who live outside the Pacific have a good idea or understanding of, of how severe natural disasters are for this area and for Tonga in particular? In my opinion, I do not think they fully understand the, the severe impacts that we're facing today because uh, we are the victims of tropical cyclones. We are the victims of the volcanic eruption, yet we cope with that because that is the reality that we have to face and cope with every day. Mm. That is, in my opinion. How do you make sure when you're reporting that you're getting that point across to people who don't have a good understanding or just can't even picture what's happening here? I only do what a journalist can do. I report the facts. I report the reality. I film and record people crying as they cope. For example, people, the victims of uh, the volcanic eruption apart, the the people from um, the islands of Mango, the people of Kanokopolo, when we interview them and they're very emotional talking about what actually happened, that is what we do. We report what we report that to the people, not only to the people of Tonga, but the people abroad, so they know the reality of what is actually happening mm-hmm. and the, the reality of what these people are facing. And when you're covering a disaster, what kind of things are you thinking about when you head out, either out of the office or whether you're in the office covering something? How are you thinking about covering it? Are you thinking in terms of informing the community or informing people who live outside the Pacific what is going on here? Well, it really depends, uh, Fred, because um, I'm either covering a story or going outside to the field or actually here at the main studio um, informing the people, like talking with the government officials. For instance, if uh, there's a tropical cyclone, I interview people, the government officials, especially those from the Tonga Meteorological Office or the director of the National Emergency Management Office, giving people advice or giving them help like with the relevant information needed, like on the significance of being prepared, do you have the necessity at home? Or when I'm going to the field outside, I talk to people, like um, I interview the victims, especially those living in the evacuation centres, how they're doing at the moment, women and elderly and children. So that is how actually we actually broadcast news or information from here when we cover news, uh, natural disaster events. How do you think reporting has changed on climate change for Tonga? Has it changed at all? Yes, in my opinion, it has. Uh, since I've been working here since 2013 and today, we cover more news items about climate change because that is the reality. There are many negative impacts of climate change and we're facing it today. So, um, for instance, today or we have covered about three or four stories about climate change compared to the past. I think it was only once or twice. So... Today, we're raising more awareness about climate change and reporting about the reality of the the effects on on the environment because of climate change. I'm just holding on for dear life here. For women, it's always safety first. They are the first responder. You're listening to Pacific Prepared. After the volcanic eruption in Tonga in early 2022, The tsunami that followed devastated coastal communities, including Atata Island. 
Atata Island is north of Tonga's main island, and a lot of the residents live on a long, narrow section of the island. The tsunami swept right across, destroying majority of the homes that were there. The residents were given land to relocate to the main island of Tonga, and while they wait for their new homes, some of the residents are living in a church hall. So, one person outside here, yep. and then there's um, three people outside on this um, tech corner there. Okay. In the car park of the hall, there's two large white industrial looking tents with people living inside. And then um, I think eight or, or more than ten people are wow. in this um, building. Yeah, hello, this, uh, my name is um, Shetami Fonua, but they call me, um, most of these uh, people uh, call me Sikula. I am a town officer of this um, Atata Island. Uh, we're, at the moment, we're sitting a long way from Atata Island. What, what's happening at the moment where we are here? At the moment, we are staying in this um, Malikuonga Hall. This um, church, uh, free church of Tonga uh, Hall um, in this um, the, the village here, they call Kapita. So uh, we um, came over from the island after disaster happened, of this um, the Hunga Tonga and Hunga Hapai happened on 15th of January. This, uh, so we moved over and then this, um, at the moment that's where we are. What, what has it been like for you and your community to move, to have to move to another location, even if it's just temporary? The big issue, um, we, we was uh, waiting to see when to be uh, doing this, um, the moving to this, uh, the new location. So I think this, um, everyone here and outside the people, not all the people are staying here. There's some here and the most staying out on this um, family and then this um, uh, relative and then kind of thing like that. I think it's really important to them to know when we're moving to the location, new location. How do you feel as the town officer, knowing that you, you are sort of responsible for a lot of the community, do, do you feel like a sense of responsibility and... Do you find it difficult sometimes knowing that your community is having to live here temporarily? It is. It's a lot of this um, a difficult time to, to I found. So it's quite hard for me to be um, talking to the people when we're here because we're not um, staying all in this uh, community here. I come out of the church hall. That's what I, I look forward to be we moving to that uh, the new um, uh, home. So, and then I get all of them there and then make it easy for me. Easy for the government, easy for me to train the job and then what this government wanted to. You had a big smile on your face then when you were talking about the new settlement. Does that, does that mean that your community is quite happy to move? It is, they look forward, they look forward for that one. So, but this, uh, we look forward for this, um, for the job to be done, and then the whole lot of people to go in, and then after that, I look forward for the next lot to be come in, because it's um, another, um, maybe um, more than 20 um, something, 
to be moved into Israel. So I trying um, hard to be um, to the prince. So prince said yes to me for the land. So they keep piece of land for for everyone um, from Madata. The people um, uh, what this uh, damage the home and the thing, and the people are not. Um, but they need to be all gonna be here. So this, um, the most of them um, are in this um, that hall, yeah. and some on the top of this, um, on the oh, yeah. here, there. Is there a room up there somewhere? Yeah, they okay. got um, the, the room there. Yeah. So one person outside here, yeah. and then there's um, three people outside on this, um, that corner there. Okay. And then um, I think eight or or more than 10 people um, wow. in this um, that building. So that building, this um, we move in, and then the one of our cousins, but this, um, he moved out with his family and then leave the home uh, to us to use it for okay. all the boys um, staying there. Yeah. Yeah. And so inside here, if we walk inside as well, is this, what, what is this normally used for? Is this, it looks a little bit like a, not, it's not a church, is it? Now this is um, church hall. They, you know, they hire for government um, a meeting and then a kind of this church um, thing uh, to be in here. But this um, time we've been moving in, so like you see at the moment, this um, we're using this uh, half here for the church yeah. on this um, service time, yeah. and then this um, the rest for the people um, uh, for for sleep and then have a rest there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Atata Island is quite a unique place. Do, do you feel like your community and you, you know you personally have lost a little bit of identity now that you're not living on that particular location and you're now on the main island of Tongatapu? Yeah, I, I think this um, the most of the people here uh, they they feel um shared on this uh, that kind of thing because it's, um they grow up on this um, the natural thing you know from this um, island this um, all this um, the natural um, like this um, going to the bush they call a natural um, not to be a chemical thing and then kind of thing so at the moment we um, there's a bigger challenge for us. Soon we move here, and we feel um, if we feel a, a lot, this, uh, we're missing something from this uh, from the culture of this uh, when we move from the island. Yeah. Can you can you remake that in some other location as well? Like, can that be sort of remade in some ways? I was thinking about this. Uh, soon we are moving on to the new location. I, I'm not sure this because I'm not talking to the people, but this. Um, it's in my mind to be um, back to the island and then this uh, trying because um, at the moment we're not to be um, uh, all uh, staying forever here because we are supposed to be back to the island for the um, clothing and uh, cutting uh, the, the food. They are supposed to be going back there and clothe. So they must be us um, going back to the island for fishing, for this, um, for the economic and then um, income for the for the people, um, uh, and then this, um, and then we can keep trying 
for the child is coming up to be um, pushing to coming to the Nuka Lofa's way. So, and this all this um, electric um, thing, how to use it, water, how to use it, and then trying to spend um, uh, using less um, uh, water and then um, truck uh, less um, power to use it for this uh, kind of thing. You're saying that people still go to the island now to do things like traditional fishing and um, maybe hunting on the island, but they don't obviously live there, though. They can still go back and do those things or not? It is. The, at the moment, this is soon we, um, we all are going to the air, but this island is still allowed to be other type people to back to the island and then, um, you know, go back here and then come back here, go and, and stay there for fishing, easy for, for us to be um, getting the water, come back to the land, and then maybe weekend we came here and see the rest of the family and then after that back again on this next um, uh, coming week. And so are you, are you living here too? Because you would have been from Atata Island, are you also living in the community here? I am. I'm not leaving the people to stay here and then I stay some other place. I'm going to be together with them <laughs> until they're moving into this um, where we're looking forward to be. And then I was thinking to be a runaway a little bit from them and then I come back. <laughs> Can I ask you a personal question as well? Did you lose your home from Matato Island? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That must be heartbreaking. It is, yeah. yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. How many people did you say living in this section of the hall? There's, um, there's two family here, and yeah. then there's a free family on that corner there. Oh, wow. So, the two free family on this um, that other corner. Yeah. So, one family here. And then this, they are supposed to be one more family on top there, but this, um, we're doing church this morning, yeah. so they're moving out until this uh, tonight, and then they're moving Back in. in yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then this um, summer um, top there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they are. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Disaster is part of our life, and recovering is also part of our life. As you see, they're smiling despite the devastation. That's how we are. You are listening to Pacific Prepare. Reporting on and covering natural disasters in the Pacific has its own set of challenges. When you're living in the community, while also trying to make sure people have the information that's most useful to them and their families. Someone who's been doing this for a long time in Tonga is Viola Ulagai. Viola is the CEO of Tonga Broadcasting Commission. I started as a um, cadet in the newsroom seeing we have to be multi-skilled, uh, we have to also produce programs, even though you are in the newsroom. And then um, I became a um, news reporter, also a producer at the same time. Fifteen years, I uh, became the manager for news and content. Mm. So by 2020, uh, that's when I became uh, the CEO of uh, Tonga Broadcasting Commission. And at the moment we're standing outside the Tonga Broadcasting Commission, brand new building which has only been opened a few months now. How are you feeling being in the, in the new place? Uh, thanks to the Japanese government for this project and uh, we still have this feeling of, uh, you know, being excited, uh, moving away from uh, our old building you know, because uh, when it's when it's heavy rain, it's flat there inside, and it's uh, we feel safer when we mo uh, move to the new building. 
This is one, well, it would be one of the biggest buildings in Tonga. I, I guess so. Um, and uh, you, you can see the top floor. It's the main purpose of it. It's for um, uh, for the community and the people around the village here. You know, like when there is a tsunami warning, that's where they, um, you know, supposed to be um, um, uh, staying on the uh, top uh, the roof. Eh? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know when when the um, the volcanic eruption happened and the ashes, you know, we can't put them there. So uh, luckily, um, at, you know, during that time we are yet to uh, install the equipment. So what happened? Uh, I decided to uh, open the gate and also the building, you know, and uh, bring the people inside. So people turned up to the gates here at TBC after the eruption and obviously there was a tsunami warning as well so people what they, they turned up here where we are now uh yes they turned up here and uh, uh we were looking from the other old building because we haven't moved to the new building but you know they were looking which at, is right next door we should say yes too, yeah. yes right next door and we look at them uh, you know they were uh, standing outside the gate and looking at the uh, the building the new building so i asked um, our technical manager and the boys to please open the gate and uh, you know allow them inside but they have to uh, monitor them you know while they were uh, trying to bring them inside uh, the new building. And how many people do you think turned up and were inside? Um, I asked our uh, technical manager and he was saying about 200 people. Wow. Yes. And they were sort of just making home, makeshift sort of beds in there and that kind of thing? Uh, Yes. And, uh, you know, they brought with them, um, you know, uh, like uh, mats and, uh, you know, pillows and and uh, what they've asked us on that night whether we can uh, get them water, pure water, you know, uh, clean water for them. So uh, we asked Nemo to please provide them with water because we've opened a new building for the people. And uh, Nemo sent uh, the, the defence people and also the police to, you know, bring the water here. I guess it was such an unprecedented time, like nothing like that had ever happened before, so anything goes almost, doesn't it, at that, at that time? Um, it was totally, you know, it's, it was, for, for us, it's new, and we were, we, we were shocked at the same time, but um, we've, you know, but we've managed to uh, cope with it because for us, we somehow... Uh, used to it when there is a tsunami warning and also a cyclone warning um, but we tried to figure out how we can um, you know help the people here now they are safe inside the new building while we were working across the road from the old building and uh, you know but I guess at that time we were the most important people at that time because we were broadcasting and uh, you know trying to direct the people and uh, uh, put on air uh, the authorities like uh, people from health the, the the honorable prime minister he was trying to encourage you know and um, advise the public and uh, also you know uh, people from uh, the uh, Met office because they were the ones who uh, 
who went on air with all these uh, advisory uh, issues, trying to advise the public, you know, where to uh, evacuate to. Uh, it's like we were uh, trying to um, uh, educate the public uh, with all this information and we put on air, you know, uh, people with, uh, from the Ministry of Health, people from uh, uh, NEMO office, uh, like uh, the geologists, they were tuning to us because we were the only radio that was uh, uh, still operating on that night. It's obviously had a huge impact on you and it's something you'll never, never forget, obviously. Do you think it's changed the way that you look at natural disasters now and the way that you, I guess, interact with things, storms or rain, heavy rain, if there's, you know, if there's a flood warning or something? Does it make, sort of make you nervous now that after that's happened? For myself, uh, uh, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm not afraid. And I think uh, it's just because I've been uh, uh, I've been working on that with my former colleagues, my you know former bosses, and uh, and the way they grew me up. I think that's how I uh, I had the courage and uh, you know confident enough to to face and uh, lead the operation during uh, the disasters, and especially when it comes to tsunami warning. Yeah. Mm. So it hasn't changed the way that you feel about living in Tonga at all? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, I think I still, uh, I still uh, feel that, uh, you know, Tonga is safer than anywhere else. Mm. And, um, and especially at this time when we have this new building here with us, you know. I think, um, like my other colleagues... Um, they, uh, like when the last tsunami warning, you know, uh, when they heard the siren and also the warning uh, uh, when it came from uh, Radio Tonga, uh, my colleagues, they automatically rushed here to help with the emergency operation. How are you feeling? We're in the middle, we've already started cyclone season now, we're already into it. How are you feeling about this, this year's cyclone season and you know, is there much that you can do to prepare for emergency broadcasting? Um, yes, I think uh, uh, we have a training with uh, to be led by the um, uh, meteorologist from uh, the Met Office tomorrow, and it's uh, it's like a, a study of uh, of their um, report on the uh, forecast for. Uh, for this um, uh, cyclone season, it's part of our program to the public, trying to educate them, and we get people who can also, also help talking to the public. You know, people from the community. Yeah. Thank you, Fred. Uh, we are happy to have you with us eh? because you know, from day one we started uh, learning from you. Uh, uh, you know in terms of technology and also um, skills and ideas and uh, we really appreciate your time here with us in um, you know TPC. Well thanks for having me here too it's, it's great to be here. <laughs> Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. 
Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, SIBC Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation, and of course, TBC Tonga, where we are broadcasting at the moment. Have conversations about disasters. What would you do and how will you prepare? We're trying to help you make the next disaster easier for you and your family. My name's Fred Hooper. Please share any information you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared. <laughs>